Welcome to Parenting Teens with Depression, a podcast series from Rogers Behavioral Health. Throughout this series, clinical team members from Rogers will help us better understand the causes and symptoms of teenage depression, as well as effective therapies used in treatment and tips parents can use at home. In this episode of the podcast, we'll hear from Dr. Peggy Scallon, Medical Director of Residential Care for Teens with Depression at Rogers, and therapist Harshita Desai about the impact screen time is having on our teenagers today. Hi, Dr. Scallon. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Harshita. It's good to be here. So today we're going to talk about screen time and what we're going to be recommending for parents. So I just want to start out with asking, why are we so worried about screen time with youth today? Well, the amount of time that kids spend using screens is staggering. So recent estimates put the number of hours that kids use screens between nine hours a day to almost continually using screen time. We know that kids often go to bed with their phones under their pillow or in their hand. And we also know that the rates of anxiety, depression, and suicide are showing dramatic differences in the past seven to 10 years, which does seem to correspond to the time that kids are spending much more time on electronic devices. So when kids are using screen time excessively like this, not only can the content be harmful in terms of relational bullying or inappropriate content, But we also know that they're missing out on normal life and normal development that they should be doing. In a sense, there's an opportunity cost. And so very important things like sleeping or getting exercise or being with their family or face-to-face socialization are not happening like they used to with teens. And kids are showing that lapse in, in time. It's affecting their levels of anxiety. They feel less certain about themselves. They feel that they're more socially anxious because they're aware when they're missing out on things. And they feel uncomfortable because they haven't spent as much time and as many hours with their peers engaging in play or socialization. There's good evidence that kids are not doing things that they used to do in adolescence, like getting a part-time job or spending as much time reading books or doing their homework or learning to drive. And we wonder what will happen when those kids approach adulthood and they become overwhelmed that they're missing some of the skills that they need to effectively become adults. Would you also be able to tell us what you mean by screen time? Sure. By screen time, we're referring to a many things, primarily smartphones or mobile devices, because we know that most kids have those and also carry them with them. So those are the most powerful. But we're also referring to things like television and gaming systems. So how do you see this in your practice? On our unit, we see kids who have become totally immersed in the use of electronics to the degree that they're no longer participating in their normal activities. Often they've stopped going to school, they've stopped socializing with friends or their family, they're staying in their bedrooms, and sometimes they're even not showering or not doing their homework. I've seen it happen where 
parents can try to limit the use of electronics and big conflicts or fights can ensue between parents and kids because of that limit setting. So what would you recommend to parents to try with their kids at home with electronics? Absolutely. Well, we recommend that parents become more aware of their kids' use by monitoring that and tracking the amount of time they're spending on screens. Often that is surprising and staggering when parents actually write down the number of hours that kids are using. And kids can often be secretive about this. So monitoring the amount of time, monitoring the games and the apps that they use, And if these are problematic, we recommend that parents establish a set of rules and then review these with kids. Some of these rules can involve a limitation on the overall number of hours. The American Pediatric Association recommends that kids spend less than two hours a day on electronic devices. We also recommend that parents limit the number of places in the house where electronics can be used and that they don't keep or use electronics in their bedroom. Likewise, phones should have a bedtime and kids should turn them into parents at night. Parents should also set timers on the phone that set a limit on use. And parents should be aware of the apps that kids use and review whether they're all appropriate or whether some of these should be eliminated. Additionally, parents should insist that they know all the passwords for electronic devices. Sometimes kids resist this, but it really is appropriate, especially if there's problematic use, that parents do have access to the codes and passwords so that they can be aware and monitor uh, the use of electronics. Also, no devices during dinner time. This can be a big one. Um, We see sometimes where entire families have their devices with them at the dinner table, and it's a very reasonable expectation to keep those all in another room and insist that family members don't answer those. And that applies to parents and kids. Um, Another movement that's happening is the wait until eight movement, and that is the idea that kids don't have mobile devices until eighth grade. Now, I know that that is probably pretty staggering for most parents because and kids because it seems that kids get electronic devices younger and younger. Um, But we know that when kids become immersed in the use of screen time, they're missing a lot of normal childhood, and their brains can become uh, um, used to seeing these kinds of images, and it's not always healthy. And lastly, kids should get outside Uh, They should get physical exercise. Our brains are the same way they were hundreds and thousands of years ago. We still need exercise, sunlight, face-to-face socialization, play, and productive use of time. Can you talk a little bit more about the difference in monitoring gaming versus electronics such as cell phones? Absolutely, because there can be a big difference. It's easier in some ways to put limits on gaming versus the use of phones because phones are so ubiquitous. Everybody has one in their pockets, but with gaming, that's something that kids can set aside uh, and do when it makes sense. One thing that we recommend in our program after kids discharge is that they not engage in gaming every day for a certain amount of time because what we find is that leads to a lot of conflict between parents and kids. 
kids never want to shut off the games. They'll always bargain for just five more minutes, and that can lead to daily conflict between parents. And it also keeps that allure of the game in the child's mind and distracts them from doing the things during the week that they like to use. So we usually recommend that gaming is part of something that they can do on weekends, ideally Saturday mornings, and the parents set aside those times. They can start at 8 a.m. and use it until lunchtime or shortly after. And in that way, the child will voluntarily wake up earlier and maintain their sleep schedule, but it does not interfere with the daily routine, their functioning, and their homework. I know what cell phone uses for parents, we recommend having phones outside of their bedrooms at all times, especially when they're sleeping. So having a place to charge at the end of the night that's not in their bedroom. Um, we also recommend ha blocking out times of phone use. So having homework time be a time where they're not on their phones and then having dinner or meals with families without their phones present to kind of build connection and communication between parents. So I think that's also important with cell phones, especially. Privacy is also a big issue with social media because kids can reach out to strangers over social media apps and they can sometimes disclose private information to strangers, including contact information, which of course is dangerous and concerning. So in our program, we do see screen time being linked with higher rates of depression and social anxiety. A lot of our teens are isolating in their bedrooms behind screens, so they aren't making connections. They're not having those face-to-face -face conversations, so the social anxiety and depression tends to increase based on how much time they spend on their screens. That's right. They compare themselves to the images that they see online, and they also worry that they're missing out on things that they see on social media and they feel inferior, they feel anxiety about how they present themselves um, and they worry that their lives are not as glamorous or exciting as those of their peers. We also see that there can be bullying on social media that kids feel emboldened when they're more anonymous and behind a screen and sometimes that bullying or relational aggression that happens can result in symptoms of depression and avoidance in kids, and sometimes even suicidality. So we know depression and anxiety is related to screen time, and we also want to encourage parents to lead by example. So we want parents to be putting down their own phones, turning off the TVs, putting down their own electronics to be present, and encouraging their kids to do the same. We want kids to see real life examples of how to do this. Absolutely. So to summarize, we know that the use of screens and electronics can enhance people's lives if used appropriately, but if they're not monitored, they can become a detriment and can also contribute to anxiety and depression in kids. So to summarize, we offer these examples to parents. They should monitor the amount of time that their child is using screens. They should monitor the content. Screens should be used in public parts of the house and not in bedrooms. There should be a bedtime for all screen use. Meals should be without screens for all members of the family. And we also suggest that parents absolutely have to lead by example. Kids are watching us all the time 
And we are often, many of us, tethered to our phones and screens. And it's important that we demonstrate to kids how to shut them off, how to live life, how to engage in other activities that are healthy, and to prioritize our time so that we can live the lives that we want to live. Thank you so much, Dr. Scown, for joining me. This was very insightful and really important for parents to hear about. Thanks, Harshita. Rogers Behavioral Health is helping children, teens, and adults rise above their challenges with mental health or addiction. To learn more about Rogers Specialized Treatment, visit rogersbh.org today. I'm Becky Wham. Thank you so much for tuning in.